Hello, welcome to the ninth episode of Choice, my experience building relationship with God. I'm Misty. We had left off from the previous episode to where through a TV evangelist that I so happened to walk into the room and see on TV sharing the salvation message and in listening to him it all I don't know just everything come together at the right time and I received the Lord as my Lord and Savior that was that with that however I still had this kangaroo court of a trial date set with these people down in Texas. And I can't remember what the date was, and I really can't remember specifics of the court date because, I mean, they could not take my parental rights away, number one, and because I hadn't done nothing. And, but boy, I tell you, they tried to make every single thing that I did um, from being in a relationship with my baby's dad to an earlier relationship I had with a person um, that had no consequence in the situation whatsoever to my decision on not giving him Ritalin when he wasn't in school. Boy, I tell you, they just really scoured the barrel to, not only that, but they had my son lying. You know, I was being accused of things that I did not do. And, uh, (laughs) wow, so... Uh, I did not come back with my son. He was nine years old. Maybe getting ready to go on 10 by the time we had the trial. And I'm like, damn, I can't even remember what happened. I mean, it was just so, there was no justice. None of this should have been brought up. I should have been given my son. My son should have been returned to me because there was no reason for her to be able to keep him aside the fact that she had, who knows what she gave up to get that judge in her pocket. However, my brain refuses to let me remember uh, the outcome of that day or whatever. I don't even know if there was an outcome given that day after the trial. I don't think the decision came until later. Maybe that's why I don't remember anything, because the decision was put off until... I have no idea. I just don't remember the any of it except for the fact that, that there was a trial, and I did show up for that one. And absolutely nothing came of it but her being able to get more guardianship authority than she had before. 
So um, back to Minnesota and my joy of being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I was saved now. (laughs) And that in itself was a brand new journey. I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was in a small church, and I was learning about God's Word, and I was good. I was good for about a couple years. Then all of a sudden, those things that were once exciting to me became boring It was like I was hearing the same thing over and over and over again. Began to sense this thump, this actual thump in the spirit. I could sense it. I could hear it. I could feel it. It was like, thump, like, thump, thump, thump. It was like a thump. I don't know, like, if somebody, like, thumps you on your arm, it was real gentle, But I could sense it. I was like, it was almost like I had floated to the ceiling and I was thumping up against the ceiling. You know, I'm trying to describe how this thump felt like. Um, But anyway, I don't know. I kind of took it and interpreted it as it was time for me to leave. But I didn't know where to go. But I trusted that if he was calling me out of there, that he would make sure I would get to the place he has for me to go. Well, I had started a new job, the job I should have just stayed in for the rest of my life. Hindsight is always perfect. I should have kept that job for as long as it was absolutely possible and then transitioned into whatever came next. I had a really good job. I was one of the case managers for what they called MFIP. And the job assistant, young people who were parents, newly parented, um, goal planning, and basically doing what happened, what I got, except they didn't live in the house. Uh, I was a I was a guidance counselor, and that's what I did. I met with them, and after they went through the intake process, which I was the one that did the assessments, and I then did the analysis on the assessments, and I did the entry letters to the program and set up the orientations and then scheduled the separate meeting times with me. Um, Yeah, I did everything. And then when I met with them, got to know them and hear where they were currently at, where they wanted to get to. And then in writing, we would write that down, short-term, intermediate-term and long-term goals and with the resources that I could provide through the program, which was transportation, be it gas cards or bus cards, up to paying for child care, and also at the very top, renter assistance. So it was, it was a very nice program. 
And I had full liberty to apply whatever resources necessary to each case. Like I said, I should have just stayed in that job. Anyway, I've forgiven myself for that. If not, I'm forgiving myself now. And um, my baby's dad and I separated for a little bit. Our daughter wasn't taking that so well. Matter of fact, she actually got physically ill. So I had to call her dad. And he came and saw her. And then, of course, we ended up getting back together. Which was the right thing to do. I had been on my job maybe three to six months, if that long. And initially, I was in a large room that had three or four other case managers in the room. However, because I was hired before they were, I was given my own office. And... um, Once I had gotten off to the races there with my own case case loads and, you know, just basically, you know, dealing with case management life on a day-to-day basis except for weekends. Uh, the group was having an employee's night out. Well, like I had said to you earlier, I had... um stopped going to the small Kojic church that I was at because after being there for a couple of years, I could sense like a thumping, a, a thump like I had reached a ceiling. And so I interpreted that I was being called out and I just left by faith that if it was God that... uh he would place me where he wanted me. And if it wasn't God, he would still place me where he wanted me. <laughs> okay. And, um, oh, wow. Okay. And and there was an employee there. Her and I hooked up. We, we just clicked. We were clicked. She was so crazy. And we just clicked. And um, so at this party, this employee's party, uh, alcohol was provided, and folks were smoking cigarettes. And before they knew it, I mean, to their astonishment, here I go get me a Long Island tea, and then I started to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Just seeing their faces, talk about picking balls up off the floor. And I'm like, what? What? And they're like, this ain't you. As, you know, especially my girl, that her and I had uh, established a relationship of friendship. And she was like, what's going on with you? When was the last time you've been to church? Because this ain't you. This is not you, okay? So I'm like, yeah, girl, I don't know. Um, I had explained to her 
that I was cool. And I was just, you know, we were out for the employee, you know, gathering out, and I was just having me a drink and uh, smoking a cigarette because, you know, when you get drunk, you got to have a cigarette. When you have a drink, have a cigarette. So that following week when we went back to work, on one of our breaks, she pulled me aside, and she's like, all right. She's like, you might not know what's going on with you or want to share what's going on with you. She says, but I know when somebody's saved and you're one of those people. So for you to be drinking and smoking like you did the other night, that's really, really out of your new character. And I'm going to give you the name and phone number of a person. She works here. And she's really strong in her faith. And I want you to call her and talk with her. So I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. I called the number like within the next couple days. And I found out. I kind of had an idea who it was. But it turns out it was the woman that was the administrative assistant to the director at this nonprofit I was working at. Bottom line is we met at her house. And she had a townhome. And it was so beautiful. I walked inside and it was beautiful. And she was well-kept, always a well-kept woman. You know, she always looked nice. And she had a quietness about herself. But I was really grateful that she had offered to allow me to come into her home, number one, and number two, to, to talk with me. I was I was really... Looking forward to anything she had to say, as long as it was righteous. And because uh, I just, I didn't have time for for any detours or any any more uh, fadadery or whatever you want to call it. I just didn't have time for any more rigmarole. I need to get back on track. So I sat down, and uh, one of the first things she said to me was that, understand, she says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I said, what? (laughs) Or, no, no, first time I ever heard that word. And then I found out it was scripture. And this young woman began to share with me things about her life and her word and the word of God that took me to another level right there and then. She shared with me that she was currently going to church and she shared with me the church she was going to and she invited me to come. 
And I did that very next Sunday. I did not waste a moment of time. Wow. I I was really anticipatory in regards to um, coming to this new place that God had, I believe God had for me. And it was a storefront. So I, I didn't pay no mind about it. Uh, I walked inside and I heard the music from the choir. And it was like third level. I mean, it was something like I hadn't heard before. When I walked in the foyer and then through the double doors into what they were using as the the main auditorium. Wow. That's the only thing I could say to myself. And I walked in, I had my long skirt on, no makeup. Of course, my hair was long at the time, so it was, I can't remember if I had it, and wavy curls or what, but, and uh, a long oversleeve shirt or whatever. I had my moccasins on. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, I was comfortable. That's definitely for sure. But the people that I saw there, Number one, I saw a large male presence, which is totally opposite, which was that of the other other church. It was full of women. Uh, aside from the pastor, then um, it was full of women and children. But this church, it not only was... Uh, over, you know, at least half the population men, but the majority of the men had suits on. Not only, only than that, the women. Oh my gosh, these women were dressed. These women were dressed. I mean, wow. I mean, they looked like tall marble statuesque columns and with their jewelry and their makeup on and everybody looked really good in that place and then here I come (laughs) after the service was over I was up in front And I saw this very tall, light-skinned, older woman in the back. And she she just so reminded me of my mother. At that moment, I went, I walked back there. I said to her, I didn't even say hi or anything else. I said, You remind me of my mother, who's dead now. And I said, will you be my spiritual mother? And she looked at me. 
And whatever she saw must have been positive because she opened up her arms and she just gave me a big hug and she said, yes, baby, I will. And from that day on, she was my mother there. The connection had been made and she had other children that were in their teenage years that were older than me. But she accepted me and mine, you know. And I really needed that. I needed to have a sponsor there. So that was that was that was so awesome. And uh I got her phone number and we started to get to know each other and she helped me get to know the different people at the church and everything. And all I know is that this was something I definitely wanted to be part of. This was absolutely next level for me. God is real. <laughs>